God is so good. Giving out to God, to everyone that is here, to our children of the people who are giving out, we thank God for you. We thank God for Deacon Jamie, thank you for having me again, to Deacon Minister Yates, and I'm so glad to be here again. There was a word from the Lord. Be coming from Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 20. I'm going to read a few verses in your hearing. Be reading Matthew chapter 28. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes white as snow. For the fear of him and the guard shook became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid. I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. For he has been raised as he said. Come see the place where he lay. You may have your seats. This morning I want you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, his subject is, it's time to get up. It's time to get up. Here we are on this Resurrection Sunday. We are here at this point of time. We are celebrating not Easter eggs or chocolate candies. We're not celebrating wearing the best of clothes, but we're celebrating that Jesus is alive. We look at many different religions. We look at all these different people who claim to be the messenger or claim to be God, but they are dead. But we serve a God who is well alive. Yes, we have seen many people claim to be in power. Many people claim to be kings and rulers. But no one is more powerful than Jesus Christ. We have a testimony of the goodness of the Lord. We have a testimony of how good and how mighty he is. All of us can still have a testimony of what he's done for us. Well, what did he do for you this morning? He woke us up early this morning. He woke us up. The alarm clock did not wake us up. Because if we go to the graveyard, that alarm clock cannot wake those dead bodies up. But Jesus is the one that woke us up this morning. And here, as we celebrate this, we cannot only celebrate it just for today, but we must celebrate every single day that Jesus is alive. How do you know that he is alive? Because he has the power to do so many things. When we read the book of Genesis, we know that he has the power to create the heavens and the earth. He had the power to tell, to raise Adam out of the dust of the ground. He had the power to make a woman named Eve. He had the power to tell Noah to build an ark. He had the power to tell Moses to bring the children out of bondage. He has the power. 
God in his infinite godness decided that we needed him more than ever. When we look at the life of Jesus, it is very powerful. We don't look at everyone else for power and victory. We look to Jesus because he has all power and victory in his hands. Do I have a praying church this morning? We don't celebrate just because, we're, because the calendar says we celebrate. But as a Christian believer, we should always celebrate who Jesus is. When we come to the gospel of Matthew, this is about our king of kings. We celebrate him because he is the king above every single human king. He is the Lord above every little person. He is the one that has all authority. When we come to Matthew's gospel, we hear a genealogy by the name of Abraham. Abraham comes and he's given a promise that he will be, his name shall be great. And he will make him a blessed nation. And when he gave him a promise, that promise came to pass. Then as we come to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then we go through the genealogy, then we hear by the name of David. David comes and slays a giant by the name of Goliath. Then after those happen, then we come to the name of Jesus. Matthew 1 verse 21 says, they shall call his name Jesus. And it shall save you from your sin. That's good news for us today because we have a name that has a guarantee. What is the guarantee? He can save you from your sin. Sin came and crept on us and tried to distract us. But God has the power to save us from our sin. What is sin? I was having a conversation with someone. I told him, I said, sin is a ride going very fast, but you don't know where you're going. That's what sin is. Sin may feel good, but it has to feel bad after you've done wrong. But God has the power to clean your sin. That's why we can say, what can wash uh, away my sin? Nothing but the blood of sin. When we look at Jesus, he's healing the sick, he's raising the dead, he's doing so many different things. But as he's going through this, he comes further down in Matthew in a garden. Now, I want to park right there because when we think of a garden, our minds go back to Genesis 1. When Adam sinned and messed up and ate the fruit and Eve ate the fruit. But now Jesus, several decades and years later, is in the garden. He's feeling the pressure of the garden. He's feeling the pain that's putting on him before he goes to Calvary. He's feeling this anguish. He's feeling this cup. He's feeling the pain on his body. The pain is so painful that his sweat begins to go into blood. He's suffering from hemohydrosis. He's feeling the weight. But then when I look at he's at the place of Gethsemane. What is the word Gethsemane? It means olive press. When we, when we look at perfume, that means that flowers had to be crushed. When we have juice in our refrigerator, that means that fruit had to be squeezed. But I believe that as 
we're called to, as people of God, we're like olives. We have to be crushed so oil can flow. Many people want to walk around and call themselves big titles, but only have little anointing. Many people want to stand and say who they are, but don't want to be crushed. I believe that we still have to go through some crushing moments. We still have to go through moments where it feels as though the weight of the world is on our shoulders. But even though we may feel the burdens on our life, God is a burden bearer. He will take the pain off of you as you're going through it. So Jesus is there talking to his father. He's talking to him and he says, Lord, if, you, if it be your will, let this cup pass. But he said, not my will, but your will be done. That is encouragement for us because sometimes we go through the grief in Gethsemane and it feels as though we want to quit. We want to throw in the towel. We want to say I had enough and we want to walk away. But if it's God's will, we still have to do it. I had a conversation with someone. They asked me, what is success? I said, success is doing the will of God. Yes, the will of God means you still have to be in church every Sunday. The will of God still you have to pray even when your prayers are not answered when you want it. Go doing the will of God means you still have to stand and do what God called you to. No matter what you go through, you still have to follow the will of God. Amen. Then after he goes through Gethsemane, he stands up and Judas comes and betrays him. Judas was the one that was eating at his table. Jesus, Judas was the one that was seeing him do miracles. Judas was the one that was standing right next to him. And I was, as I sat there and was reading the scripture, it amazes me how Jesus' betrayer was right next to him. Have you noticed that sometimes those who betray you are sitting right next to you? Those who betray you are at your dinner table. The ones that betray you are there right next to you. I remember when I had to deal with some betrayal. And I remember when I was dealing with it, I remember the person that betrayed me said to me, I'm your friend. I'm never going to leave you. I'm going to be there for you. But I remember when moments got cold, that friendship did, was not warm anymore. I remember when I was going through pain, that person that was my friend was never there. Betrayal comes from those closest to you. Betrayal come from those who you gave all your money to. Betrayal come from those who tell you that they love you and they keep on loving you. Betrayal is painful. Jesus is here being betrayed by Judas. Now when I look at Peter, we know that Peter denied him. But when I look at Judas, I have to look at him a different way. Because when I look at Peter, when he denied him, Peter had a bad day. But when Judas betrayed him, he had a bad heart. We have to be very careful of people who have bad hearts that's next to you. We have to be very careful of people who say they love you and want to have your life at the end of the day. 
You have to be very careful of people who say that they're your friend, but they want what you have in your home. You have to be very careful of people who come and say, I want what you have. That is entitled to me. There is something fascinating about entitled people. I want to talk about that because we realize that everyone loves Jesus when he does something for them. But no one wants to talk about Jesus when times get rough. It seems as though everybody loved Jesus before the pandemic. But when the pandemic came, people said, I'm not going to come to church anymore. When the pandemic happened, people was making excuses to go to work but not come to church. What is going on in our world when now we'd rather be outside than in the house of God? What is going on that we'd rather be at a stadium full of concert performers than be in the house of God on a Sunday morning? Something doesn't add up. I was telling someone one time when they said Sunday's off for brunch. I said, no, Sunday is for church. It doesn't matter if it's snow or rain. You have to come to church. It doesn't matter whether it's 500 or 5 people come to the house of God. Whether even if prayer meeting is going on and no one wants to come, I'm still glad that he hears my prayers. I know that many people are feeling disturbed, but there is strength in the church. There is love in the church. There is healing in the church. There is connection in the church. I'm glad that I'm still here because the church helped me out. I remember when everyone else wanted to go outside and have fun, but I'm glad that I stayed in the house of God. Many people who I went to church with now I don't even know who Jesus is, but Jesus is the one that saves us. He is the one that heals us. He is the one that takes us better. We need the church. I know many people want to say they love Jesus, but hate the church. But I told someone, I said, you cannot say that because the Bible said, husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church. Jesus loves the church. And if we love Jesus, we have to love his church. His church is important. It doesn't matter how many buildings they build. The church will still stand. It doesn't matter how many coffee shops they put in this neighborhood. The church will still stand. It doesn't matter how many buildings they build in New York City. The church shall still stand. We need the house of God. That's why this song says, I was glad when he said unto me, let us go in the house of the Lord. This morning I got excited coming to the house of God. There's something amazing. I was telling somebody after a long week of even ministry, after a long week, I'm glad this morning to be in the house of God. I'm glad to see the saints come in the house of God. I'm glad to see my neighbor in the house of God. I'm glad to see Deacon Elder in the house of God. We need to be in church. So Jesus is here now going through pain. He goes through six illegal trials. After he goes through that, they choose Barabbas and keep Jesus to be crucified. Jesus is here now being stripped of his clothes. He's being humiliated. He's being ridiculed. And he's being rejected. Our Jesus is going through something so very bad. And as he's going through this, 
They beat him with 39 lashes. Can you imagine our Savior being beaten by the ones that he loves? Can you imagine our creator being beaten by his creation? Can you imagine as he's going through the whipping that is for us, as he's going through the pain that is for us, Jesus decided to, uh, to allow himself to go through this for you and I. So since he's done that, that gives me a reason to be in church this morning. Jesus is now being whipped and beaten, but now he deals with 72 thorns pressed into his head. Now, not only was it pressed into his head, but also was turned into his head. So as he was breathing, the thorns got deeper and deeper into his mind. I know many of us want to take an Advil, but that does not compare to the pain that Jesus dealt with. He dealt with that pain so your head won't stop hurting. He dealt with that pain so you didn't have to feel that pain. And then after he has the thorn on his head. He has to go up a hill called Calvary. As he goes up this hill, he has to carry a cross. As Christian believers, we all have to carry our cross. Our cross is not pretty. Our cross has to be heavy on us. Our cross will be painful. We still have to carry our cross. Jesus is here on the cross. He has nails in his hands, nails in his feet, and he's there stretched open for you and for me. As he's at the cross, he begins to say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now, many of us can say that's beautiful, but if someone was beating on us, if someone was hurting us, that would be the last thing that we would say if we could be honest here. But God says, Father... Forgive them, mm, for they know not what they do. Jesus still wants to show forgiveness while he's going through the pain. You see, Jesus is still showing love while they're not treating him with love. Jesus is here still showing grace while they're not being graceful to him. Jesus is still showing mercy while they're not showing mercy to him. That is the God that we serve. Well, when I look at that word, Father, forgive them, that means that he forgave us. Because it's easy for us not to forgive the person that's next to us. But we still have to show forgiveness. Why? Because he showed us forgiveness. He forgave us when we have done wrong. He forgave us when we stayed out too late with people we weren't supposed to be with. He forgave us when we stood with the wrong folks. He stayed with us when we was wrong and strong. He stayed with us when we were a nasty, dirty sinner. He forgave us. He's here on the cross. We can celebrate that cross. That old rugged cross. He's there on that old rugged cross. And as he's on that cross, he's feeling excruciating pain. As he's on that cross, he's feeling the weight of what's on him. He is our innocent savior. He has nothing wrong. He's done nothing wrong, but still has to deal with a guilty sinful cross. As he's on that cross, he is there next to two thieves. 
He is there. And then the thief says to him, are you not the Christ? Save yourself. But then he looks at him and says, Lord, remember me. As that man said, Lord, remember me. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. You see, that was good news for that man because it said, Lord, remember me. You see, that is good news for us because we sometimes feel like people forget us, but we have a testament that the Lord remembered us. He remembered us when we didn't remember ourselves. He took the time to remember us. Jesus is here, and as he feels the pain is going longer and longer, all of the people that was fed, 5,000, were not there at the cross. We don't see Lazarus at the cross. His mother is gone from the cross. Everyone is not there. But then at the end, he says, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Jesus breathed his last, and we hear of a man by the name of Joseph from Amaris who says, I have a tomb. After Jesus dies, he goes into a tomb. Many people are crying, saying, look at our Jesus. They see hopelessness. They see despair. They feel as though everything is all wrong. They feel as though everything is not going to happen the right way. Now, our Jesus is in a tomb. And as he's in the tomb, there looks as though all hope is lost. Mary and Mary Magdalene are there at the tomb. And they're looking for Jesus. They're trying to figure out, well, we've seen him. They've pierced him in his side. We've seen him get buried. We've seen him get, you know, humiliated. We've seen the crowns of thorns on his head. We've seen all the pain. We are looking for his body. He's there at the tomb. That's what they assumed. They assumed that everything did not go according to plan. But they did not realize what was going to happen next. So they're at the tomb. They're looking for Jesus. They're looking for him because they're trying to figure out what's happening next. And they said suddenly there was a great earthquake. There was a shaking going on. Yes, we see sadness and tears in their eyes. But then God decides for an earthquake to shake things up. Sometimes we're feeling sad. Sometimes we're feeling heavy. But God has to shake up some things. Yes, we're kicking around saying, what's going to happen next? But God will shake the place. Sometimes we need the Lord to move some things and adjust some things and turn some things around. And then an angel from the heaven had a conversation from them. So we see the sadness and we see that the tomb is empty. But then we hear that the stone was rolled away. Oh, that is amazing to me because we know that the stone, we know we can put another word, a rock was covering the rock. Because we know that he is the rock of salvation. He is the cornerstone that the builders rejected. But the stone could not cover who Jesus is. The tomb could not hold him. But then they looked and they saw the stone rolled away. The fear was shaking the guard. 
They were trying to figure out this is not just an ordinary man that we crucified. They were trying to figure out what is going on. They began to fear that they became dead like men. God has the power to shake things up. God has the power to move things around. And then the angel said something so beautiful. Oh, I get excited in my soul when I hear about what the angel said to them. He said, do not be afraid. Many of us sometimes are walking in fear. Many of us walk around looking and scared about everything. But the Bible says, do not be anxious for, anxious for nothing but prayer and supplication. Let your request be made known unto God. I came to tell you this morning, do not be afraid. Yes, we have things going on in our news station, but do not be afraid. Yes, we got people talking against the church, but do not be afraid. Yes, people are walking away, but do not be afraid. Why are they not afraid? Because he said, I know you're looking for Jesus. I, I came this morning to ask you a question. Are you looking for Jesus? Are you coming this morning to look for him? And then as they begin to look for him, he said, he is not here. Oh, I'm glad this morning that the tomb couldn't hold my Jesus. I'm glad this morning that the stone couldn't hold my Jesus. Yes, as he died on that cross, I, I know that the devil was laughing. But he he thought he could count Jesus out. But he lost count with that. Because as he died, we know that Jesus went down to hell. And as he went down to hell, he began to have a fight with death, hell, and the grave. And as that happened, the devil didn't know that Jesus was already having the victory. Because when Sunday morning came, Jesus got up again. I'm glad this morning that he got up this morning. I can celebrate that yes, we go through problems. Yes, we go through situations, but God has the power to pick us back up again. Yes, people are looking around saying, what's going to happen next? But if you look to Jesus, he can get you back up again. Yes, we had sickness on our body, but God has the power to pick you back up again. Yes, you've been going through situations, but God has the power to give you a resurrection. God has the power to take you by the hand because you can say, Father, I stretch my hand to thee. No other help I know. If thou withdraw thyself from thee, wherever shall I go? Yes, I was down in my sin, but God has the power to pick me back up. Yes, I'm good. I'm serving him because he got up. I'm glad that the tomb couldn't hold him. I'm glad that death couldn't hold him. The hell couldn't hold him. The devil couldn't hold him. But he has the power to get back up again. You've been down far too long but God has the power to take you by the hand and pick you back up. I'm celebrating this Resurrection Sunday because he got up. Everybody else, when you go to their tomb, it has dead bodies in it. But when you go to his tomb, he has risen. He's risen this morning. We can celebrate that he is alive. Why do we celebrate because he has the power to heal your body. He has the power to deliver you. He has the power to help you out. He has the power to give you strength. Many of you came this morning feeling weak, but God has the power to pick you back up again. God has the power 
to knock death out. God has the power to knock hell out. God has the power to knock things out. And he can still stand. We're celebrating this morning that he is our Lord. We're celebrating this morning that he is our Savior. He is our Jesus. That's what a hymn says. Jesus in the morning. Jesus in the noonday. Jesus every day. We have a name that we can call on. I don't know about you, but this morning I came to celebrate his name. I came to worship his name. Came to worship his name. Is there a witness here this morning that came to celebrate him? I celebrate him because he died on that cross. He died until the sun refused to shine. He died until he said it was finished. And I'm glad that he stayed in the grave all day Friday. I'm glad he stayed in the grave all day Saturday. But early, 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 Sunday morning, he got up, you can get up, come on, has the power to get you back up. New Jerusalem, you can get back up. Deacon Elder, you can get back up. Minister Yates, you can get back up. We can get back up. We serve a mighty God. We serve a powerful God. Can nobody do me like Jesus? No, nobody, nobody can do it like him. Nobody can heal like him. Nobody can fix it like him. Don't you know that God has the power to help you when you least expect it? He may not come when you want him to come, but he's always right on time. Mary, don't you weep. Tell Martha not to moan. Why? Because God has the power. I was sinking deep in sin. Far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained with sin. Seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea. He heard my distraction. Up from the waters, he lifted me. It was his love that lifted me. It was his love that lifted you. It was his love that brought us here this morning. It was his love that has us here. I got a question. Ain't the Lord all right? He's been so, so good to me. Has he been good to you? Has he been good to you? Has he made a way out of no way? Jesus, Jesus, he is our lily of the valley. He is our bright and morning star. Jesus, he is our bread of life. Jesus, he's our water when we're thirsty. I'm glad this Resurrection Sunday, he got up again. You can get up again. We can get up again. Yes, I'm glad God has the power to move us up a little higher. God has the power to turn our lives around. 
bitch out that hospital. God has the power to move you on a little higher. God has the power to feed you when you're hungry. God has the power to give you water when you're thirsty. God has the power to give you strength when you're weak. I came this morning to preach about Jesus. I didn't come to look to you, but I came. I came to tell the Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Is there a thank you in the house? Is there a thank you on your lips? Give the Lord a praise. Yes. I can't even tell God thank you. Is there a thank you in the house? Is there a thank you in the house? Clap your hands, fell on your feet, and tell the Lord, thank you. Come on and praise him. Thank you. 